Well, good morning again, everybody. Good morning again. I'm glad you're here. Uh, today we have a little unique, kind of a unique day. Um, several months ago when I knew that the Mezzos were coming uh, to America, uh, I talked to Sasha about preaching today, the way their schedule worked out. Um, we're going we're gonna to do something a little different today, but uh, I want, part of the thing that I want you to know is that we are a church that has a really wide range, uh, wide-ranging reach into a lot of different places in the world, and most of you know that. And our mission, is to, as is stated on the walls here, is to reach people with the love of Jesus. And that happens here locally, that happens in our state, in our country, but certainly happens to the ends of the earth. And one of the places that we partner with is the Light of Jesus Church with Sasha and Jenya Metso in Almaty, Kazakhstan. And we've been uh, partners with the Metsos and with that church for, for many years, a couple of de- going on a couple of decades now. And, uh, and so one of the things we want to do, though, as a church is we don't want to just send money. That's really good, right? We should support lots of good kingdom things around the world, but we don't want to be a church that just sends money. And I know the, it's easy because you give money and uh, there are ministry leaders who are distributing that money. It's easy to kind of support things and for us to not be aware of those things. And so uh, one of the things we want to be committed to is not just giving money to people who we support, but also having a relationship. And so the Metos have been here this summer spending some time with us, spending some time with a few other friends that they have uh, around the country. And, uh, and so they're back with us today, actually returning home to Kazakhstan tomorrow. I'll take them to the airport tomorrow. They've been staying with Johnny and Polly Adams during their time in Kaufman, and I know I've had a chance to meet with and be with a number of you uh, during their time here. But this morning, uh, we're going to have our, our August mission spotlight, but usually when we have a mission spotlight, we just get up and share a little bit about what's going on with one of our mission partners. Uh, maybe we show a video or something like that. Uh, this, this, this month, we have our mission partners here in the room with us. So uh, we wanted to take advantage of that. I want, want you to hear uh, their story a little bit. So I'm going to invite Sasha and Jenya and Anna and Stacy, two of their kids, to come up here with me. And we're going to have a conversation where they're going to share a few things. There'll be some pictures that um, I'm going to slide these down a little bit to kind of center us a little more. Um, we're going to hear, hear, see some pictures and hear some stories. And I want to start by telling you, uh, there was a video that, that Sasha sent me that we are not going to play, but um, basically just kind of giving you an overview of the country of Kazakhstan. So you may or may not know a few things about it, but, and you might want, y'all might want to say more about this, um, but Kazakhstan is the largest country in Central Asia and the ninth largest in the world. It's a really large place, and the city that they are in, Almaty, Uh, is the largest city in that country, and this says 2.15 million people in the city, so not a small place, Um, and so I have had the chance to visit a couple of times. Some of of us have also been to to visit them, Um, and so what we want to do this morning is spend a few minutes uh, talking about... uh, the work that they do there and how God is working there. But I want to start by just having you guys introduce yourselves and then you can introduce Julie and Elijah who are sitting over there too. So, uh, You know me, Sasha Metzov. My full name is Alexander. I was born in Russia in 1974, coming to my 50 years. So I'm, I, I can be an elder soon. <laughs> <laughs> 
and for the last 20 years, we'll even serve in Kazakhstan. Your name, just introduce yourself. All right, I'm, I'm Sasha's wife. My name is Jenia Metso, and it's my nickname. My full name is Evgenia. Um, I was born in Kazakhstan, actually. My parents, um, my, my father was sent to Kazakhstan from Ukraine, and so uh, I, I was born there after a Soviet Union split apart. My parents took me to Russia, and that's where I got my passport, my education, and my husband. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just came back to Kazakhstan. Um, and um, but the country that I left and the country that I came back are two were two different countries because I left kind of Soviet Union thing and came back to independent Kazakhstan and it's a little different. Uh, it becomes more and more Muslim, unfortunately. My name is Stacy. My full name is Anastasia. Uh, I was born in Moscow before my parents even ha had a thought of moving to Kazakhstan and starting a missionary th there. Um, yeah, I've been in this church that we're missionaries in all my life. Uh, I am now a youth leader, youth ministry leader, and we just had our youth camp for unbelievers, which was very great, and I can't wait to share more about it. Yeah. Uh, hello, I have three names, so I'm just gonna list them all. <clears throat> I, my original name is Anna. Sorry. <clears throat> Uh, my family calls me Anya, and I introduce myself to Americans as Anne. So <laughs> whichever you like, you may use. I am the second child, the middle child, and I graduated in Kazakhstan, and I moved away to Lithuania, and I study in a Christian university there now. So I've also been going to Light of Jesus Church my whole life until the last two years. Um, but yeah, it's... My church. I love my church. So. And you you notice that the girls have no accent because they've grown up around English speakers and in schools, and so they learn uh, English. And we have uh, two more there down on the bench: Elijah and Julie. Elijah is 14. Uh, he's going to eighth grade, and Julie is 11. She's going to the fifth grade. And Elijah's taller than you already. Oh, we don't mention that usually <laughs> in public. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's let's talk about um, Kazakhstan. I mentioned a few statistics about this about the the country and Almaty, the city. What else would would you guys want people to know about? Uh, the, one of the things that was in the video that we're not going to watch was the uh, showing the how beautiful Chris, the country. Chris Chris got sick this week, <laughs> and Andrew and I couldn't figure out how to get the thing in the computer, so that's why we're not showing it. <laughs> tell on myself. So, so it, it was showing how beautiful the country is, the God's creation, the mountains. Wherever we go in the city, we always see mountains with snow on the top, and it's all through the year. In the winter, the snow comes lower. In the summer, it comes higher, but it still stays there. So it's very beautiful. Lots of creation to uh, look at and wonder about God as a creator being so amazing and so loving. And as Jenya mentioned, country is Muslim and becoming more and more. If uh, when we came, we didn't see much Muslims. Uh, now on Fridays, we don't go by mask because the people are flooding the masks and they would be uh, 
sometimes would not be able to fit in the mass, so they would be praying on the street around it. It would be parked. They would park cars on the road. You have to go around, and it's it's really growing. But um, there is also churches and Christians, even it's uh, less than 1% evangelical Christians. There's lots of Orthodox believers, and there's about 25 to 30% of Russian Orthodox believers in Kazakhstan. And only in Almaty, as Doug mentioned, as the biggest city, we have over 100 churches registered. Of course, it's a smaller number throughout the country, but uh, the Christians are there, and they pray, and they believe that Kazakhstan belongs to Lord, and the awakening will come. They're waiting for it. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, you want to say some more, Virginia? Yeah, and the church is persecuted by the government, especially if we have um, Kazakh people in the church. The government, when they call, they want to know the statistics, and the only number they ask is the, how many Kazakhs are in your church. And we usually say, even though you can't tell, they, are, they do look different. They, they are Asians. We, we, we tell them, we do not count, and we never ask people who they are before, when we baptize them. And some of you may remember a few years ago, um, and I don't know if y'all were planning to say this, but to reference Genya uh, talking about the churches being persecuted by the government, there, there was this sort of random law that was passed a few years ago or an attempted to be passed where uh, you couldn't have a church within a certain distance of a school because they were worried about Christians sort of, you know, trying to evangelize children in these schools. So uh, you want to say more about maybe more about it that? It was 2012. They yeah. passed this new law which restricted religions a lot. Actually, it recognized all existing registered churches unregistered and made everybody re-register again. And we probably had only 70% being able to go through that process. Other churches had to either join uh, other churches that have been able to register or uh, become unregistered. And yeah, and illegal. And w one of the things was um, you can only do religious activities inside the building that is registered as a church building, and they don't allow to register church buildings in Almaty. So uh, in 2015, they came to our church, and they wrote us a fine of $5,000 for gathering in the building that is not registered as a church. And... We explain them, but you don't let us to register it as a church. When we applied for registration, they said you can do either to medical uh, clinic or um, preschool education. <laughs> so I've chosen preschool education because we kind of do Sunday school. It's, <laughs> it's kind of similar. But uh, we had to leave the building. I wrote a paper. We're not going to do anything. We had to uh, meet in apartments. And six months later, we quietly went back into the building, and they didn't come again. So we, every Sunday, we meet illegally, but they just don't do anything. They close in their eyes. So they have all those tools, like you cannot give Bible uh, to a person anywhere on the street or only in the church-registered uh, building. And recently, we had a case that one of the pastors got a call from a person who wanted the Bible. And he said, I'm here by your gate. I can't enter. Could you carry the Bible outside of the church gates? 
but the pastor was warned by, by lawyers and he didn't do it. And of course, there was a policeman checking mm. if he would break the law, even the Bible outside the church building. So there is lots of things like that. I will not go into details, but the key is that government has all the laws to close us anytime, to <coughs> deport our family at any time. But in Asia, it's a, it's a weird thing. It's they only apply it when they want it. Yeah, Zinia was going to add something, I think. Yeah, it it affects Stacey's ministry the most because they work with uh, not having uh, kids and students, and they cannot come to the camp if the parents did not sign the paper letting them come. Being the, do you want to say? Yeah, we after. We understood that we can't host a camp for unbelievers where we tell them about Jesus. We had to go through a process where we uh, ourselves made up a letter for the parents that they signed that they are not against their children hearing the gospel in the camp where they're going to. So unless the parent signs the paper and brings it with his child to pick up them to the camp, we can't take the kid to the camp. Talk a little bit about how uh, the war in Ukraine has affected the work that's going on uh, there. Oh, we had lots of refugees. Uh, was it two years ago? Last year in September, they ran another draw into the army in Russia, and we had people coming. We had 30 people staying, 30 ref Russian refugees staying in our church building, in our home. We still have people staying. It's a little less now. But... Uh, people just didn't want to go to war, and so they leave Russia, and they don't have anywhere to go. But we don't know if Kazakhstan, uh, what's the Kazakhstan um, opinion about that, because they made a new law. Before, Russians could stay in Kazakhstan as long as they wanted. Now they limited it by 90 days only, then you have to leave the country. So maybe they're cooperating with Russia, maybe not. But that's been one of our ministries, helping them. Some needed food, some needed clothes, some needed medical treatment. So we were uh, gathering funds and uh, helping those people to handle that situation. And we have families from both sides. <coughs> like we have one family where a husband is a Russian citizen and the wife is a Ukrainian citizen. And they cannot go anywhere because where uh, where she's invited, uh, he's not invited, and and he cannot go. And where he can go, she cannot go because she needs a visa. So they are they are staying with our church, and um, and they are actually serving, uh, serving in the praise team right now with uh, with the rest of us. That's great. Um. So let's, we're going to talk, share, for those of you who may not know, I know some of you do, but we have lots of uh, folks who have come to KCOC over the years that don't know the sort of the story about the church and about the work. So kind of, let's kind of talk about a little bit of the history of the Light of Jesus Church and kind of our church connection. We have some pictures that will kind of scroll while we're talking about some of this and that, that Sasha, that y'all will mention, but um, maybe talking about sitting in the greens and all that stuff, and we kind of run through who, who the leaders are, all those things. Okay, uh, Kauf, uh, Kaufman Church was the, the same in church, right? Mm -hmm. the, for the Green family, it's the same family that uh, I met in Tomsk, Siberia in 1995 when I first time came to church. And Randy Green, 
he was the person who told me, Sasha, you have a little faith, go ahead and be baptized, it will grow, and it did. <laughs> so he was like my spiritual father and mentor all these years, and we got to stay with them for two weeks, and were dreamed and planned for the future of the church. So they came to Kazakhstan in 2001, and in 2002, they were dining uh, at the restaurant outside, and they had orphans coming back for food. So they started studying that situation, and they found out that orphans just being kicked out of the orphanage when they um, uh, 16 to 18 years old, and they decided to do a uh, orphanage with the church for 20 teenage orphans that graduated from the orphanage, and they needed um, a family, a house parents. So they called us, me and Jenya. It was uh, spring or late winter, end of the winter of 2002. We received a call, and they said, come and be a minister's here. And prior to that call, about a month before that, I prayed, and uh, some of you heard that story. I prayed, Lord, I don't want to work uh, for just an organization. I want to be full-time minister. And I felt like that was the answer. And it took us a little thinking, but we decided to come. <laughs> I disagree with that statement. <laughs> All right, uh, but we didn't. We wouldn't be able to do the ministry to work with orphans. Uh, this kid was only 11 months <laughs> when we came, and if it would be not for Greens and Shakurovs and it's another family that uh, they came with, and the church said that uh, we will support you guys. So one of the ladies she started to work as a cook in the lighthouse. So we'd have a little less on our plate. I mean, on my plate, I didn't have to cook. I had a um, an, an infant, and I did not know. I was just, I felt so sick when I came, and I found out that I was pregnant with our second child. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, like the first year of the lighthouse is kind of like a blur in my head. I remember that we had 19 kids, and 11 of them, no. 13 of them were boys. We had, no, in the beginning we had like four girls only. And it was, it was sometimes very scary to go out. It's like to, to go in a lane of, uh, in a den of lions sometimes, <laughs> especially if they were hungry, because they were not kind when they were hungry. Um, and and um, so we had 60, 60 kids and girls call them uh, siblings. They do not call them, like we sometimes have to say that they're lighthouse kids, but we became a family and it's, it's a very unique thing that God did. And every kid, we had 60 kids uh, who lived in our house, 66. Over the 15 years. Over 15 years, it was 66 kids who lived with us. Uh, and if a child, they were teenagers, Anyway, uh, if they lived with us longer than a year, they uh, all became Christians and they all became a part of, of the church uh, family. And when they grew up, some of them um, left the light, uh, light of Jesus Church, but they are they participate. There is there is a guy who was a, in their group when they were in their orphanage, and he came to study how to be a, a Bible minister, and he came back and opened his church 
So half of our kids are there, but they are all Christians and devoted Christians. Yeah, so if you've heard in the past reference, the lighthouse is the orphanage, the light of Jesus Church is the church, and then there, you know, they, there have been lots of kids, as they said, that have come through the, the orphanage over the years. And if you'll show the next picture, um, this is the Greens. That's the group. Uh, is that? No, that's, I think we might. Oh, that's the Pulse. That's Pulse. No, I think we're out of order. There's, yeah, there we go. That's the Shakurovs that, that Sasha referenced a minute ago back in 2002 that were a part of this initial launching kind of of the church and, um, and the orphanage. That's Sasha and Jenya when Sasha, Sasha looks older. Jenya looks exactly the same. Oh, thank you. We were Stacey key. looks a little older, too. <laughs> <coughs> so I wanted you to see those pictures while they, that's, these are the pictures that were uh, he was referencing a minute ago that uh, when they were beginning all of that ministry there in Kazakhstan. So, um, did you just want to say something else about that? I, I just wanted to say that in 2005, Greens went back to the United States and they put Misha and me uh, as the leaders of the church. Yeah. And so, if you'll go to the next picture, uh, there's been a big change uh, in the church. Um, this is Misha and Oksana and two of their kids. They have four kids as well, but. Um, as Sasha said, when, Rand, when the Greens left in, in 2005, he kind of put um, Sasha and Misha in, in charge of the leadership of the church. But this year, there's been a big change. So why don't you all talk about that? Yeah, the, Misha was invited to be a, a minister, yeah. a senior minister, yeah. preacher at the church in Odessa, Texas. Odessa, this, Odessa, Texas. You heard that right. So. And, and this is photo from, from their house uh, where they live now. You see the church, they printed a photo of their family, put on the wall when they were meeting them, welcomed them. So they invited a mission now serves as a preacher. You can go on Facebook. It's a New Life, new life, new church. life church Odessa, and you can see Misha's sermons there. Now he preaches in English every Sunday. Yeah. And, and they also speak English, and obviously, and, and he, he worked. If you wonder what is reading on the T-shirt, it says, Born Kazakh, that's what, that's what it says. The church sent them uh, with the T-shirt to remember that they are more Kazakh than anything else now. <laughs> that's good. So it's, it's, we're laughing and telling some stories, but it's been, a, it's been a big transition in the life of the church. Uh, Sasha and Misha have been partners in ministry all these years, uh, so... We, we, were, we came to Christ together in Tomsk. We were baptized like two weeks. He baptized two weeks before me. Mm. And all these years we were working together. So, And, and one, one just small detail, which is interesting, uh, talking about Ukraine. When they lived in uh, Almari, they lived on Ukrainian street. Oh, really? That's and now funny. they moved to Odessa, Texas, which is also Ukrainian city. So. <laughs> Oh, they're connected with Ukraine, but <laughs> it seems that they're staying connected. Yeah. So, um, so talk about, I think, some of the next pictures, some of the leadership. Um, and so I, I want to mention to you to be praying about that transition in the life of their church because Sasha has shared with us this summer that, you know, that, that he and Misha depended on each other, you know, as you tend to do with someone that you work closely with over a long period of time. And so be praying about that transition for their family, for the church in Kazakhstan, for the Shakurovs in Odessa. Uh, there's a lot going on, a lot to juggle. But talk a little bit about uh, some of the, the current folks that are um, 
helping serve as ministers there at the church that have kind of stepped into some new leadership roles too. And there'll be, I think, maybe three pictures that'll scroll here. So, so through this year's ministry, we'll, we'll be being able to raise, and of course, if God's work, some new ministers in Sergei's one of the most um, advanced and long-served ministers. He came, uh, he was born in Kyrgyzstan. Uh, he was born in Kyrgyzstan. He moved to Kazakhstan. He went to Russia to receive Russian citizenship. So he's a born Kyrgyz Russian citizen, uh, Kazakhstan <laughs> software programmer. It's it's what his work is. And one uh, one day it was a youth ministers Almari gathering, and they asked me to send our youth minister, and we didn't have one. So I told Sergey, "Would you go?" And he said, "Who am I?" to go to uh, this gathering. And, and uh, jokingly saying, I said, I anoint you to be a youth minister of our church. <laughs> and he just took it. He went and he started serving, developing ministers. And two years later, we started paying him some. And he's been the part of our leadership team. He also preaches. And Vika, his wife, actively participating in youth ministry. They run those ball camps that uh, Stacy can talk more about. So he's... Uh, uh, he's the best. I just he says. is. He's a neat guy. <laughs> you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that. I've known him probably since I was like 10. I actually don't remember when I met him. But I used to call him Uncle Sirioja <laughs> because he's like so much older than me and he was my dad's friend. <laughs> but then he became a youth minister and I was like 11 when I joined it or 12. And in two years, he became like my really close friend. And I just call him Siroga now. And like, he's an absolutely amazing person. And he's so good with teenagers. And he's not a boomer whatsoever. He's super cool. And kids love him. And I just, I don't know how to express this, but I really want you guys to know that we have an amazing youth minister. And he puts 300% into every single camp and every single gathering that we have at our church. So yeah, I really appreciate him and I miss them a lot too. So thanks to Sergey and like support from the church, of course, we now have a youth ministry in our and it wasn't there when I was when we were growing up. And I remember yeah, it, I remember growing up that me and Masha, uh, the only daughter from Misha family, we were kind of sad that we didn't have any people our age in our church and we didn't have anywhere to go because we didn't have youth ministry and we were too old for kids ministry. So uh, we were just hanging out together. And then one day suddenly my dad came up to me and he was like, there is a youth gathering in the, in the building. Do you want to go? <laughs> it was amazing. And um, it happened eight years ago and it took me about this much time to become a leader. Uh, because uh, Sergei built a very good system of like our ministry that you need to study and prepare and not just become a leader one day and do whatever you want, but you like you come in, you understand what you're gonna do, what is important for in our work, and then when you agree with all of it, you can become the leader. Uh, I hope one of the reasons we wanted Stacy and Ann to also speak is because, and I hope you all hear, I hope our students and our parents of students hear the passion and their emotion in their voice that when you're in a place like we are, 
where Christianity is still normalized and accepted. You know, we take for granted things like youth groups, like camps, like having a place to gather with other Christians. And when you're in a place that it's not as uh, friendly to Christianity, um, you can hear in the girls' voices this, the, the appreciation that they have for that. So uh, maybe that's a reminder, one of the many things we'll take away from today of just to appreciate the things that we take for granted. So. Yeah, and when they try to share, Ian is the our house evangelist out of all six of us. I think she invited more people to church than anybody else. And they, all of her classmates did come, but they did not stay. And it was very, because like they said, I guess we are boomers and we are not cool. <laughs> Even though I think, I think, I think I'm, you're cool. I'm very cool. <laughs> But, yeah, we needed somebody who had this drive and energy for those people that are invited to stay. And, and that's why um, I love how our team has all, all the variety of personalities and how God weaves everything together. So we, we have this excitement in, in so many levels. Really quickly, if you'll go maybe to the next couple of pictures, just tell quickly who these people are, and then we're going to keep keep going so we don't run out of time here. Uh, Emil and Jennifer, they're also in ministry uh, with us. They were one of the families that refugees from Russia. Uh, Jennifer was a missionary from Colorado in Tonks, Siberia, and she got married to Emil, who came from Kazakhstan to study there. And now they both return, and they are very devoted, very reliable ministers there with us. Yeah, they're great. And then the next picture is Andre. This is Misha Shakurov that lives in Odessa now. This is his oldest son and his wife. Yeah, Andre that we've known like a child, a baby running around. Now is a grown-up preacher in our church, and Vika sings uh, for the praise team. So, and they're also the part of leadership. And some of you may remember Andre and Vika were in Russia when the war in Ukraine started and our church contributed some money to help get them to Kazakhstan because he's a, he's a Russian citizen and there was some concern he was going to get drafted into the military and have to go fight in Ukraine. So we, you all helped get him to Kazakhstan so he wouldn't have to do that so that he could serve in the church instead. I mean, yeah. amen. <laughs> yeah. So um, the, the, I want to have the girls talk about Pulse. Uh, maybe you'll go to the, the next picture. Uh, it was the one that I told you. Yeah, there yeah, you this go. One. So talk, this is the camp that they have each summer for unbelievers. And this is one of the pictures from that. And they this intentionally is, reach out to people who are not Christians. Go ahead. This is the picture from this year's camp. We were um, aspiring and making big goals. We wanted 50 kids to join us this summer. But uh, we had 42 registered kids who came and stayed with us. And uh, it's been a big struggle, actually, for the team there because... Uh, we are here, like three of us are here, and we're a big helpers there, and they were not all there, and Satan was attacking them throughout the camp. As they had health issues, spiritual issues. There was lots of walks late at night on the beach, prayer walks, um, just us praying from here and asking our friends to pray for them as well. And it actually ended up as a success because most of those kids, as I know, uh, about 30 of them are now coming to our clubs every Sunday and still meeting up, still hearing the word, still participating. Yeah, so just to explain what clubs are, it's not a regular club. Don't imagine it <laughs> the way that you would here. Uh, a club, we call it, is a gathering after church. 
um, yeah, we finish our church service. We have a meeting with our team. Uh, and then after an hour, kids come, well, teenagers. And a club is where we play games, interactive games, um, like physical games or board games. It really doesn't matter. Building relationships, basically, with those kids that they would see that we are interested in them and not interested in pushing our religion onto them. Um, and then at the end of those clubs, we also always have a word spoken, and it's really short. It's usually 15 minutes long because we don't want to overwhelm anyone. And we always give a warning to those teenagers that what they've experienced at the camp, because at the camp we also share the gospel, um, like not very pushy, not really openly like a sermon would be, but we like use imagery and metaphors, and then we talk about how all of that is connected to our religion. So they're aware of it, um, they're prepared for it, and most of the time the kids are opening up for conversations about our religion. And most of the kids, even though they represent Muslim, they don't actually believe that they are Muslim. It's just kind of like they grew up with it, so they just kind of accepted it. So we are, instead of like pushing our religion onto them, we are giving them the option of choosing for themselves. And I think that's what's been keeping a lot of kids with us, because they see that we respect their opinions and we respect their religion. So if they don't want to accept ours, we're not going to force them to baptize or anything like that. So I think that's what's really beautiful about our ministry. Yes, but we also don't break relationship with those kids who are against Christianity. We try to stay friends with them, stay close with them. So maybe one day they will turn around, you know, just plant the seed and see where it takes us. Uh, I just wanted to add that we have at least a few people in our church who are helpers, uh, especially in the technical team, who are actually started in that camp. They came to camp and then they... Get, got baptized and stayed in the church. Over the years, I think there were about 15, maybe 20 teenagers who were baptized. And um, I wanted to add something else, but I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I came, I was I grew up with an Orthodox, um, um, Russian Orthodox um, mother in the house. So I did hear about God. And I grew up with faith in God, and some of you heard my story. But I remember when I, um, when I decided to be baptized after the Bible studies at school, my um, university professor invited me to study uh, evolution and creation, and, and, if, and if a scientist can be uh, a believer. And that's what brought me to, um, I started to ask questions, and I... And then after I read the Bible, my, my friends, because they knew that I already was kind of Christian, they asked me, why do you want to be baptized? And I said, because that was not my um, decision. It, and it was, my not, it was not my commitment to God. That's what my parents decided for me. And now I am committing myself to Christ. And I do it because God is alive. And they're like, we know that God is alive and you don't. God is alive. And then, and then my friend who said that um, she wouldn't go to church with me. And I had to arrange flowers for a wedding in the church. And I had to go home. And I said, can you please come before the church starts and help them to bring in the flowers? And then you can leave. And she did it for me. And she stayed and she listened to a sermon. And again, sermon was not big. It was about the marriage. It was like maybe five minutes, 15 max. 
And she uh, came back on Wednesday. And then when I came back from my parents, she went with me on Sunday. And I said, why do you want to, why did, why did you, what made you change your mind? Why, why do you want to go with me now? And she said, because you're right, God is alive. Because when you, when you know it, when it's here, it's one thing, but when it goes into your heart, it's totally a different thing. And that's what we're trying to do there, to talk, to speak to a heart, to make them love God and not the religion, as they said. Yeah, and that's really the only way we can uh, tell the gospel to these kids because we're not allowed to go into schools and tell them there. We're not allowed to meet up on the streets and talk about God there. We're not allowed to go to cinema and reference Jesus uh, in some illustration that there was we saw on the big screen. The only place we are allowed to talk about God and read the Bible is the church. So that's really the only way we can tell the gospel. I just wanted to mention one thing that yeah. all the camps, retreats, outings are forbidden and it's against the law. And when we started Pulse Camp, we uh, didn't announce it as being religious and uh, we talked to children only in personal conversations about God. But after some years, Sergei decided just to make it open and just announced it's, it's a Christian camp and we haven't been arrested or punished or fined, so we just do it. So, you know, you get a, you, again, our hope this morning was for you to get a better sense about, and this is really what we want with all of our mission spotlights that we do every month, but certainly this, this month with the Metzos being in America, we wanted to take a few minutes to give you a better sense about, and there, we, there's more to talk about that we don't have time, we have we'll run out of time to talk about, but uh, they'll be around after church, would certainly encourage you to come and speak to them uh, and greet them, and, uh, and wanted you to have a better idea of how God is working through them and through their family, through their kids, uh, and, and that you're a part of that, and that this church is a, is a partner with uh, the Light of Jesus Church there. And so I'm going to ask if you would all stand with me. Um, and um, Larry Connor is going to come up and say a prayer, at, at the shepherd's prayer in a few minutes. We're going to sing one more song. And when that happens, um, I want to ask anybody who is over on the, you know, anybody who anywhere wants to, but I want to, as a part of the prayer, I want to surround the mezzos. Uh, and, uh, and pray for them. But I'm going to say a prayer now, and then we'll transition into a, another song. So let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we love you, and we're thankful for the work that you're doing uh, in Kazakhstan, and we're thankful that we get to be a small part of that. We're so thankful for Sasha and Jenya, for Stacy and Anna, and for Elijah and Yulia. And we pray your blessing upon their family, especially as they enter into this new season. Um, and we thank you today that our eyes have been opened and that our hearts have been opened in a greater way to the work that you're doing there. And we pray that you will surround them with your arms of love and care, that you'll give wisdom and guidance, that you will grant um, everything that they need, uh, Father, to continue to share the love of Jesus with people in Almaty. We're thankful that, that they're there, and we pray that you'll give them pers uh, just perseverance and stamina resilience to be able to continue the work uh, that you're, uh, you're doing through them. Uh, we love them, and uh, we're so thankful for them and the work that they're, that they're doing that we, and the way that we see uh, you through them, the way you, we hear you through the stories that they've shared today. 
And so we just, uh, we, we place them in your hands as they prepare to go back uh, tomorrow uh, to continue to serve. We pray that they go back. I know they've had a busy summer in America, but I pray that it has also been uh, refreshing and encouraging to their spirit as they go uh, and that they'll go knowing that we love them and that we support them and are grateful to be partners with them. Uh, we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So you'll have a chance to surround them when Larry says that prayer, but let's sing. Let's give them a hand, and then let's, uh, let's, let's sing together.